And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, Startup Hustle? This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology. Here is today's host of the podcast. I'm super excited about today's guest. Um, I've been on her podcast. And and now I'm getting a chance to like, you know, highlight her here on Startup Hustle. We're going to be talking about, you know, evaluating a new product idea. But like always, before we get started, I got to give a shout out to um, our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is specifically powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and as the platform to help you manage that team. We know that your team is only as good as you can manage them. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Without further ado, Isabella, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me today. I'm very excited. Yes, it's overdue. Um, I'm so glad we connected. You know, this industry um, is big. And at the same time, sometimes it's like, how was I in this industry so long without, uh, you know, our paths crossing? And it seems like even in the last few months, they've crossed a few times. So I'm super excited to have you here. Um, You know, we have a lot of things in common outside of Amazon, you know, uh, different, but, but the same in regards to like, even um, at one point living down the street or or in the neighborhoods uh, similar to each other in Moscow. And uh, I just like bringing that up. It's it's probably the one person in the world I'll ever, I'll ever meet that will understand, you know, that. And um, let's start the show off by just getting to know, you know, you a little bit better. And um, before we get into you know, your company, uh, Risk Momentum, and everything that you guys do to help sellers and help brands, like, really get started. Um, let's talk about, you know, entrepreneurship. Let's talk about you in the early days. Grew up in Eastern Europe. Is that correct? Grew up at the place where you've been living at some point, which is Moscow. So I was born in Moscow in the 80s. It's a very scary number right now. Anyway. Me too. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. So uh, I actually, I never liked to live in Moscow for a very long time because uh, it was always cold and I was trying to look for something warm. And when I turned my 18 years old, almost at 18 years old, I, years old, I asked my mom to give me a waiver so I can actually go somewhere or somewhere overseas by myself. And that was after I created my my own company. And the first company I created was a business training center. It, I was at the age of 17. And uh, let's pause I right felt- there for a second. I want to give some context, okay? Because people don't even understand what you just said. But number one, <laughs> um, you know, I lived in Moscow in, uh, I, I was born in 86. I lived in Moscow in the early 90s. Um, so you can, you can do the math there. Right. Uh, I was young. Um, but I also, the time before that I spent in Africa in Cameroon. And so I was a little African boy. Like I spoke English. I walked. Yeah. I'll show you the ones of me little. That's when, that's me older. I'll show you the ones of me little, you know, I, um, 
I was a little African boy. And then all of a sudden I find myself in Moscow. It's cold. I'm in like, you know, coats and boots and shoes and, and um, and the babushkas were like, you're never dressed warm enough, you know? And I'm like, well, I'm not used to having to wear all of this and I want to go play and I can't play because it's dangerous outside at the time. And um, oh, yeah. you've been in the nineties. That was the most scary time when it was, I don't know if some people who are listening, they understand what means perestroika. This word can, you cannot translate the words this word for anything else, but it's the time when Soviet union been broke and Russian feder- federation uh, become as a new country. So yes. that was the actual, this moment. And it's, we had so many, uh, mafia people going on. We had so much crime. You could not uh, be uh, safe outside. And I remember how we had people threatening my family that we're gonna kill you tomorrow if you will not give us some money. So that that was bad. That was super bad. So yeah. So I want to talk about this time right because now. even yeah. even if you were seventeen or like you know creating a business at seventeen and you're born in the eighties, uh, that puts us in that time frame. You know. Uh, a little bit after and creating like, you know, what kind of family did you come from? Um, Did you come from wealth or did you come from like, you know, just a working family or like, you know, like creating a business in that era at that time to me at that age, it seems like a heavy lift. Yes. And it was a heavy lift. Uh, My family was actually super poor. I can tell it was like, it was bad. So I didn't have anything on my fridge, like Mm. at my fridge. So nothing is inside. Uh, You cannot eat anything. Mom was like literally uh, going to the woods, uh, just uh, taking some like mushrooms or leaves or whatever. And she was making something from like, from like plants that she was able to uh, reap outside. So it's just, it was bad. Like really people were helping us. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and uh, I didn't like it. I was like, no, it's not how it's supposed to be. And I remember how I was calling my sister and I was asking like, what do you have today for dinner? And she's like, we have a grilled chicken. I was like, oh, grilled chicken. I want the grilled chicken. I cannot eat it. Like we don't have it at home. And I was dreaming how I will actually change something because I wanted to have pencils uh, like my friends, like these colorful pencils. I wanted to have the uh, pencil cases. I wanted to have like the very simple stuff that everybody had and I didn't. And uh, by the age of 12, I realized that uh, I was actually pretty good with French. I was fluent, but then I forgot completely because I didn't speak French at all and I didn't have any practice in 2000 and I just I really now I cannot even open the mouth about like on on French language in French language so what happened at my age of 12 I decided okay I can probably teach people teach kids how to speak French and like help them to adjust their grades and then I decided, like, okay, how I will find the parents who will give me, who will trust me because I'm just 12. So I spoke to my elementary teacher that was uh, teaching me like years ago. She said, yeah, of course you can announce it in my class. And I, I announced it. I was not scared about anything. And some parents called me and they said, yeah, we want to, we want you to teach our kids and help them to raise their grades. And uh, we'll be very thankful. From what I remember, I was charging $6 per hour. 
So back to uh, 90s, that was a lot. Rural, and I probably... Right? Rural, yeah. Yeah, okay. $6, it was 25 rubles, yeah. $1 was 6 uh, hold on, $1 was 4 yeah, $1 was 4 rubles, it was $6, about $6, yeah. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And I was teaching this kids, so you can imagine, each kid had three classes a week. And I'm like, damn, Gina, wow. yeah, damn, Gina, wow. I can buy stuff. I was so happy. And uh, I already don't remember how much money it was like per month, but it was a lot. It was like, it was more than a hundred bucks a month. For me, it was a lot. I was able to make money. I was able to buy stuff. I was able to buy some products like for home and we've been able to eat something. So I, I realized that it's working. And when I was in a high school, I uh, decided that I am moving to a different school. And I want to, I transitioned to the different school and I was going to the college and school at the same time. It's kind of due enrollment in the United States, but a little bit different. And I started working at three jobs. So I took mm. three jobs. I was in education in two places and I was just making money and I was super happy about it. I'm like, damn, mm. opportunities. Look at the opportunities. Look how much money how I did, can make. How did- Talk to me about just like a quick question for my own curiosity. Yeah. Like, how was it with like with your mother? Like when you started making a hundred dollars a month, and you know she's going to the woods to get food, and like had things changed by then, or was it like you just started like kind of helping at the house, like with put food, and was it that kind of environment? You know, um, ours, even me as an American, like in Russia, there was like hardly any. You can't find toys. You couldn't find anything like really like unless yeah. you bought like wood and stuff at the market, adult toys, and made them kids' toys. But like right. uh, even in the U.S., like I've always worked three jobs. Um, there's this feeling of being able to like take care of the people you love. Like if you learn that at a young age, that it's like oh my god, okay. Uh, and it just changes the dynamic. I think it becomes like a team much earlier than like if they're just supporting you the whole time. You know? Yeah. I was just wondering how that was at that time or if it changed yeah, that, by the time that, you're kind of in college. Uh, yeah, it's a great question because my mom, uh, we're not in, in a very good connection till now uh, because uh, at some point when I started being successful, my mom became jealous and she started, she tried to compete and actually uh, at some point put me down, not allowing me to do something because my success was was interrupting her importance. And I didn't realize it at this age. I realized that when I was already 25, 26, and I would, I didn't understand what is going on wrong, why it's so hard for mom to understand me. But for mom, it was very, um, I don't know, it was very satisfying to see how she can, pro- to, to show me how she's suffering. But she was suffering because she was lazy. She didn't want to go and take a job. And my dad, he actually was like, he just, he he didn't make any money. He was going to job, but he didn't make anything. And then they also separated. So it was kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, nothing is on the table. So, and uh, mom, she didn't, lo- she didn't like that I was making money. She liked that I'm bringing money home and she was making me feel guilty. Like, look, when I was working and I was 16 years old, I was bringing money home. You are spending money for yourself. You're buying stuff for yourself. And I was like, mom, but I decided to go to work 
because we don't have anything at home. And because I also want to be like my friends and mom was like super mad about it. And I like, okay, so I will share with my mom. So the moment I got kind of everything I wanted at the moment, I started sharing my salary with my earnings, not salary, my earnings with my mom. And I was giving away like 70, 75%. And I was uh, keeping for myself 25 <laughs> or something yeah, like that's that. That's what I, I was kind of thinking that was probably happening. Yeah. 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 That's exactly so, what happened. So that was a great question. Okay. So we're going to fast forward just a little bit. So then like you go to, um, you've started a learning center, right? That was like 17, yeah. 18 yeah. or 17, am I right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're still in Moscow or you're still in yeah. Russia. Yeah. Okay. And then you use that business to chat. To I go... sold this business. I sold this okay. business because uh, my revenue was pretty nice. I was able to go to the restaurants. You cannot imagine my feeling when I went first time at the sushi restaurant. And I was calling my friend and asking her, I'm like, listen, uh, you told me that sushi are great. I'm here first time. I just ordered something. I have no idea how to eat it. Can you guide me? Because uh, I don't want to feel like to, to look embarrassing here on this place. And that was yeah. like, okay, do you see the sticks? Do you like see? And she was a really, really guiding me how I supposed to eat this sushi and what sushi I supposed to order. So that was like, uh, that was my beginning of feeling life differently from what I get yeah. used to. But my revenue was not enough to like, for example, buy a car. And I wanted a car. I was dreaming about the car. And the car I was dreaming is super funny because I don't know if you're familiar with the Dell cards, cars. It's, um, they've been also in 80s, 90s, maybe a little bit in the, in the early 2000s. And they've been very popular in Russia, Uzbekistan and like uh, union countries. So that was the very small car. A uh, little bit looks like uh, Nissan, uh, not Nissan, hold on, uh, Volkswagen Juke. So it's like the bug one, yeah, like similar, mm-hmm. but much more cheaper. And I wanted this car in a blue color. And I was like, damn, I really want this car. I really want this car. But I didn't have enough of money to buy it. So I'm like, okay, what should I do? What should I do? How I can make money faster? And I realized that then I can actually sell my business. And this is how I'm getting my car. And I sold my business in my 18 years old, 18 and a half something. And I got my first million rubles. That was $35,000. And I got a car. <laughs> That's I awesome. I got a car. Yeah, I started traveling. I was so happy. And at some point, I realized, like, okay, so uh, my money are actually melting. I have to start something else. Then I launched another company. And then it's, it was another journey, and I sold it again. So that was kind of, I was on a roll to creating companies and selling them because that was, that it became at some point the hobby. So this is what, why what age was that that you sold the first and second one? Uh, first at 18, second, I believe I was 20. Yeah, I was 20 years old. It was May. It's, I remember I got married right after Right, yeah, I got married right after I sold the company. And this is how we got a lot of money for like uh, the good wedding and for <laughs> and for travels, for the honeymoon, and like a little bit leftovers. Yeah, that was my so, second. So, okay, so I want to fast forward because we've got like forty-five minutes, and I need to get to like where what you're doing today. Okay, so yeah. but this is great stuff. 
Okay, so what people don't understand is that like someone can come to the U.S. and and maybe they don't speak English, or you know maybe they immigrated to the U.S. They moved over, and you're having to start again at school, or uh, let's say like uh, immigration, or you have to go through these different things and have no understanding that in other countries that this person could have been a doctor, this person could have sold five companies, this person could have, you know, this, it's just not the same. And so, you know, it's like starting over um, the experience you just get whenever you're in that kind of environment, I think is just like, I mean, it's light speed compared to sometimes how the maturity process like happens over here. I'm not saying it's all apples, apples and everything like that. I'm generalizing, but like, at 20 years old, you've already sold two companies, you've bought your own car, you've, you know, you've, you're paying for a wedding, honeymoon, um, supporting the family. Um, and we have Americans that do that here too, but it's, it's not, you know, exactly the same uh, in regards to just like the need, because whenever you're driven, like your want starts at colored pencils, uh, you know, versus someone else wanting the, the easy shoes, it's not the same. You know, yeah. it just, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. So, and I think it's also this experience that lets you, you know, we're talking about evaluating a product, right? And, uh, you know, picking your idea and sticking with it or picking the right idea and how do you pick the right business you're going to start next? Or um, I think a lot of that comes down to experience and how many things you've seen and you've seen like good attempts and bad attempts and you start, you know, you just start um, and we're going to get to that, but I'm leading you up. I'm setting you up for that one. Um, okay, so company two. How many total companies have you sold? If you know off top hand, let's say about a dozen, maybe a little bit more. Okay, at a some dozen? point, yeah, I think about a dozen. That's that's impressive. That's amazing. Um, in Russia, okay, so in Russia, in Russia. We exited, yeah, we exited three hour businesses here last year. So that makes 15 total or 12 in Russia, three here. Something, yeah, something like that. That's, if I'm that's, not missing any, a... any other company in Russia, but I think, yeah, 12 for, for absolutely my own companies, yeah. Okay, so let, um, just because I want to talk about what you're doing today, like in the Russian community with the podcast, like, you know, just I think it's really cool and I want to save a little time for that. Let's fast forward to from when you like, you know, you, you've gotten married, you've sold a couple of businesses there. Obviously, there's more story there, but you end up like again at a ground zero and and discovering e-commerce yeah Let's, yeah like help help catch me up there so e-commerce became my pretty good friend at the moment when internet came to russia so okay. and i started using uh ads momentarily so when people were like very confused and they kept um using the ads and like magazines and newspapers and everywhere else and like billboards i was already using ads on uh, search and agent engine uh and that was my first touch base and russia we had a couple platforms where you can where, where you were able to sell some stuff and i was doing that too so back to 2007 i believe i started learning what is the internet and how the e-commerce works i just didn't know the word e-commerce for all this it was something something the internet, the internet. like you know yeah the internet just i'm doing business on the internet that's it so when i came to united states in 2015 you mentioned like people don't know a language or like it's a foreign language. Yes, that's correct. Like all my language was high and by this, this and that. And uh, I was uh, hilarious with some stuff. So I really didn't understand what credit means because for me, credit is financing. 
And when I was calling to the companies, like electric companies, and I was asking to make a uh, adjustment of my bills because I overpaid something and they said okay man we're so sorry we're giving you a credit and I was yelling at these people <laughs> trying to tell them that I don't need the credit and they've been explaining to me that credit is fine and like so at the end of the conversation I was so disappointed that I couldn't explain them that I don't need the credit and then my friends explained that the credit is not the actual the financing they just like credit in your account so and like I had I went through uh, all this change in mentality, adjustments, uh, learning language, understanding that everything is different. And I had like very like few months to realize what I want to do and what I have to do. So I lost my 100K and I had this leftover of 5,000 and I decided that I'm going to invest it on Amazon. And the first product I decided to sell on Amazon was silicon wine glass guys don't okay. do it again it's not the right time to do it so it was very nice in 2015 2016 and even 2017 and i got the return of uh, fourteen thousand uh, dollars and i was kind of pretty happy because I'm like oh okay so now i can pay my bills and amazon is actually working that was my first emotion look amazon is working i'm making like three four hundred a day pure income and uh it's working I'm so happy it's working. And I started launching another product and another product. In total, I launched, I don't know, a lot. It's more than 100. It's about maybe 200 different ASINs. I was learning a lot. Not every single product was successful. Maybe every other one was uh, failing. Like, of course, with like experience, uh, success rate was raising and uh, failure was kind of smaller and smaller and smaller but we still have some experience right now when we're failing with the products it's just different failure right now it's uh, when mm -hmm. we're like going through the validation of the product through the analytics and of course we can always miscalculate something uh however given how much data we have right now we didn't have this data and i was not educated in 2015 uh, i remember i was using hello profit and I didn't know where, what I supposed to see there, actually. I was just looking at the profit margin, that's it. We're mm -hmm. right now using, at Reads Momentum, we're using uh, five different platforms. And we're using uh, different software that we're uh, validating the product. That we're looking not just like high demand, low competition. We're looking at what specific keyword has potential conversion rate where we can narrow the niche, where we can find the uh, low purchase rate. Is this purchase rate actually real? Well, are pe and people are buying this product of Amazon. We found yesterday the product for our customer that uh, the purchase rate, I think something like 0 0.3 or 0 0.4, and the competition is not exist because it's just three or four sellers on Amazon and maybe five or 10 off Amazon. And I, I still don't understand how it's happening because the niche is so obvious. And I was, even when I was looking at the niche, I didn't expect that I can find something like that. And I was like, probably the software is lying. Maybe something is wrong. But I validated through like five of them. And I went to Amazon Product Opportunity Explorer. I'm like, damn, it's actually real. Mm. So like we searched through that like after that we started doing the research with the uh, uh consumers with the avatar 
and we found out that actually market is missing. People are looking for those products. People are asking on the forums, on Facebook groups, like, guys, where can I find this? And people are ending up buying this product uh, customizable uh, on Etsy because they can't find something that uh, will satisfy their Handmade needs. Handmade or something. Yeah. 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 I'm like, well, that's great. Great opportunity. Let's do it. So yeah, we're developing this product right now because we went through like the process of data, demand, competition, and consumer demand based on the actual product. And we narrowed this product really four or five variations. I love it. Are you excited? Yes, I am. And actually today found from the similar niche, we found another product for another customer. And I was also like, like no way it is no way this niche is like so empty so when people are thinking oh no way you're going on amazon it's no opportunities there no you guys wrong (laughs) there are plenty of them you just have to find them and you know i think like to add my two cents to that um whenever you think about like 2015 you could almost make more mistakes back then and still be successful and still hit runway you didn't have to be as good as storytelling you didn't have to be as precise with keywords because there was less competition, PPC was cheaper, uh, not everyone was doing it, you know, so you could find these gaps and have a year runway or two years runway. Uh, the big, the big known brands weren't on Amazon as much. In my opinion, it was, you know, it's all private label. And now we're in 2022. And, you know, aggregators come into the space, uh, you know, more sellers than ever, the pandemic pushes brands into Amazon, and everyone's panicking. And you're right, it's harder to find uh like let's say even compared to real estate, it's harder to find a good deal where you're gonna you know buy a house and and be able to flip it or um, you know find yeah. a great deal. But just because I don't find a, a deal doesn't mean there's still not tons of opportunity. And I'm someone that's like you know 11 years in the space. I've launched lots of products and categories that didn't exist yet. Uh, there was no Hello Profit, Helium 10, Jungle Scout, you know information on yes, these products have been here and people are buying them and like, you know, create another product like it. Uh, It was in the early days before all of the consumers were even there yet searching. Like, so how would you have the keyword search volume if, if if that category hasn't like brought those products in Um, all the way down to launching products that uh, you know, like there's, there's an example I've given before, but it's like men's suspenders. And uh, it was a, this is like years ago, so I don't mind talking about it, but there was keyword search and there were competitors that were at like the 1999 price point or whatever. And people, you know, people would look and, oh my God, Amazon's for the cheap products. There's no one else like selling it like this. They didn't see it as an opportunity. Instead, they said like, well, no one else is doing it. Why would I do it? And I've always just been the type to be like, well, that's an opportunity. No one else is doing it, you know? And so we ended ended up being successful. They were $120 men's suspenders, like very formal men's suspenders. And I was like, you know what? There's a lot of demand for suspenders. I'm someone that lives in the Midwest where shopping and retail, we don't have all the latest designer stuff. We have like malls, like basic malls with like hot topics and Macy's and things like this. And so if you care about fashion, you have to get online a lot of times to go find stuff that's in, you know, New York or LA or wherever, uh, unless you travel. And I'm like, why wouldn't that, you know, that data across the all of the U S there's, there's so many people that are not close to a metropolitan 
area or have that kind of thing. Uh, but plenty of people go to formal events. And I'm used, this is not something I could find in a jungle, Scott, right? This is something that was like, you're evaluating an idea. Your gut says that it's a great product. They're doing well on a website. Amazon's not showing that it's there yet. Is that an opportunity? Um, you know, and we ended up like we did, um, I think 250,000 that year in sales, like without even knowing everything I know now, it was like a huge success. I was probably charging pennies to, to do that kind of work back then. Um, I'm just adding that because it's like, for me, these tools are great to like validate that people are there looking and you can be as precise as you want with the tools, but also sometimes being the first one uh, right. to a niche or a product category or something or like that. Or the second one at least, yeah. Or the, yeah, or the number five. Like on Amazon, yeah. us had, saying four or five competitors to us is like, oh my God, it's like there's no competitors. Like, you know, four or yeah, five is nothing. Um, yeah. And so seeing those things as uh, maybe it's not validating that someone's crushing it there, but it's also saying this is a very like viable product in retail in different scenarios and this would be a great opportunity to bring here. I think it's just a, a, a thinking difference that um, people taking courses get shown how to do all of the data work where they get, uh, but they're not always thinking like a creative person. And I think that's, that's something really valuable. Um, I, I have, I took a minute for that one. And I have a, I have another question for you. I want to lead the discussion, but before we do, once again, finding an expert soft, finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io. We can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the full scale platform to define your technical needs and see available developers, testers, uh, and leaders that are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. I'm very thankful for our sponsors. Without them, we wouldn't be able to promote the show and be able to keep it free. So um, thank you, fullscale.io. Isabella, okay, I want to talk yeah. about you know evaluating a product idea. And we talked about you found a couple in this niche and you're super excited. Um, but let's get real specific with somebody that might be um, doing it themselves, you know, or like, you know, um, in, in a perfect world, they would hire you to help them. Of course, we know that. But let's say that they're like, you know, they're listening to the podcast and they're someone that's like, I want to build a business I need a online. That I, I want to go with. Yeah. Yeah. Where do they start? Like for me, it's traveling and I get inspiration when I'm like around other people and different things and I get ideas and I'm like, okay, that's, I really saw this. I don't usually see this. This is a really cool thing. I'm going to look into this. Like it's, it's definitely travel that inspires me and gets me creative uh, for other people. It's something different. Where do you think someone should start? That's just like, I, I want to do this. What's ground zero. So right now, as you mentioned, and I mentioned, we have a lot of different tools and uh, if we will look at the YouTube videos, the free ones, a lot of uh, coaches, are recommending people to start with the best sellers. So I do not really recommend this. I actually recommend not to do that. However, you can start with the best sellers only if it will be something, let me see what the seller is also selling on Amazon. And then let me see what this product, like another product that the seller is selling, what other products are being uh, bought with this product until you will start just dig deeper, deeper and deeper and you're already so far away from the bestsellers but you're somewhere where your eye can catch something that you probably will like so you have to find this point when you will start validating the products with for example Helium 10 and Datadive Datadive, if you guys don't know, it's a new tool super great 
recommend it to everyone. Um, uh, Brandon Young created it, I believe, a year ago. They launched it in September or October 2021. And they're growing pretty fast because, yes, it's for advanced. Yes, you have to understand the numbers. However, staying on a page, on Amazon page, when you already clicked on the product, so you're inside of the listing, you have a button, dive, uh, I believe it calls uh, dive into the niche or niche dive. I think, yeah, niche dive. And you can see so many different keywords related to this product. Some of those keywords will guide you somewhere where you would never expect. And you just, again, start to dig deeper and dig deep deeper. And then you found another product that you probably like and you see the good numbers uh, that like someone with 13 reviews is selling for $15,000. And then you're starting validating this product. You're checking the keyword for that you are assuming that will be probably the best keyword for this product. Or you're doing like you're running um, Cerebra from Helium 10 and you're checking, okay, this those are keywords that are actually working for this specific product. And then you're going uh, on Amazon searching for this specific uh, keyword. And then you can start checking the niche if the, this product with 13 reviews and $15,000 is just accident or the niche is actually behaving this well. So, and then you at least you can start there before you will start all this validation process. But don't try to like come up with something like, hmm, what should I buy? What should I sell on Amazon? Or you can just look around, what do you use? You are one of the avatars who are buying a lot of stuff. You're using a lot of stuff on a daily basis. Sometimes we even don't notice in how much stuff we're using every single day. Of course, if you will start looking at the toothbrush or toothpaste, <laughs> like don't start there because those niches are already um, filled with the competitors, with the big uh, players like years and years ago. So you shouldn't go to those niches. But something like that is maybe in your room, something that may be in your car, not like... Can, Again, can, don't... can we talk about this just for a second as a two, yeah. as a, like two cents? So uh, I launched a brand maybe uh, close to five years ago uh, and I'm still with them. Uh, Bruch okay. out of Canada, B-R-U-U-S-H, they're electric okay. toothbrushes. Um, okay. And they have amazing branding. They had like a great firm. Uh, they're like getting capital raises, series raises, and all kinds of things. They're like, you know, they're crushing it now. But at the time, they were a small Canadian brand. And for me, I was excited because I was taking them from Canada to Amazon.com. Uh, so an international thing. I get really excited about international brands for some reason. I just like working worldwide, you know. And um, in Canada, we did okay because they kind of had top of funnel brand awareness. In .com, it was like pulling teeth to launch a toothbrush uh, even though the quality is amazing, it's like opening the box from an Apple phone. Like it's like really good quality. And that, you know, if I give it, everyone has loved it. It didn't matter because the competition had been there so long. They have the biggest players in the space. Uh, they have like Philips Sonicare and they have, you know, everything that you're saying. But the thing that mattered there was uh, they made a partnership with Kevin Hart uh, last year, I think. And so we went from, not being able to compete in the Amazon marketplace 
to having enough budget. You have to have a ton of budget, right? So this isn't for the new seller, but I want to validate what you're saying. We took this product that we couldn't compete. If you have enough budget to pay one of the biggest entertainers in the industry to put his name now right. on your product, we're having right. crazy success, you know? So that's the type of firepower you have to have. If that's the yeah. game you're playing, you can win in that way. But if you don't have that firepower, you need to essentially stay away from the big dogs, uh, so yeah. to speak. And yeah, okay. It's I, I very, can just say it's validate a very that nice and I absolutely agree there. Just uh, my assumption that people, who, most of the people who are listening, they are not owning millions and millions of dollars that they are ready to invest like that. So yes, if you sometimes when you're launching the products, you should uh, also look at the bloggers and uh, influencers. Take a look what they are promoting. What they what do they like because sometimes you can create a brand uh based on some influencers one of the influencers name and they will be happy to put their name because they don't have to invest any money but this product will make them popular and yep, they will so make right. this product yeah. popular so people loves their ego so if you come up to someone, you can say, okay, so you're, for example, in a healthy industry or you're like fitness trainer. So do you want to be on my, I don't know, whatever supplement is or whatever machine is or whatever like this resistance band or whatever, it's just I'm uh, playing in my head different products. And they, they probably do. And they'll say, yeah, of course I want to. Like they probably sometimes will not even ask you for the ref share just because it's more awareness and because Free it's product that's showing that they're getting stuff. Yeah. It's like, I'm really finding yeah. it very successful. And like, so, you know, for people evaluating a product, I think it's a great idea to think about like, is this something I could get maybe someone in this space to promote and give you, give you an advantage. Um, and to your point, like when you're searching the keyword, one thing I found evaluating a product was, um, if you don't have social media, if you don't have like some of these abilities to, to um, market in a different way than Amazon, because Amazon is direct response. You like we were talking about keywords and that's how you're saying find a product. And, and so you find a good keyword and you find another keyword, you dig and you dig and you dig and then you find a, a gap and an, an opportunity and opening. Um, I've, a lot of the times that I failed on Amazon without an influencer, without these things, because like my product would fail, would be because I found an amazing product, but it was like an invention. It was like I needed to de to create demand generation, which means no one's searching for it yet because they don't know about it, but eventually they will, right? So it's, it's a longer game. Um, and then it's, okay, if that's the case, and I have a product like this, I'm thinking of a product, I found one I really love, but there's not the keyword backing behind it. That's okay, but you need to know that you're going to need uh, off Amazon marketing you have to make to create it work. This niche. Yeah, you have to you create, have the, to create demand. the niche. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a Which different game. Which is doable, game. but it's it's a different yeah. game. It's a different game. It's super expensive, and at this point, you are not starting on Amazon, uh, hoping that Amazon buyers are going to buy this product because you have to make sure you will explain people before what they're looking for. Do D to C yeah. play, in my opinion. Yeah, website correct. Play. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. Yeah, and like when uh, we're launching something heavy, uh, we're asking uh, influencers. We're yeah, we're asking our customers for the email list uh, to do the pre-launch, because doing this pre-launch and when people can pre-order on Amazon, then the moment product is live, 
you have people has a lot of sales and then of course their product ranked and it, like you have this whole ranking awareness and everything else but yes you're absolutely right it's absolutely a different game those were just many of the times i lost without knowing why was like because i would launch some products in a category that didn't exist and they would do well and it was like the first in the category or fifth in the category and other times i'm launching it and i'm like we just can't find enough keywords that are converting um, and that issue was you can make it work. You need that pre-launch strategy. You need the email list. You need the social media. It can work. It needs, it needs more. So I think that is that to me also cuts like the product selection into half, maybe half are like invention demand generation. Uh, and then the other half are better for Amazon, which are keyword driven searches. Um, you know, a product that's being looked for, but not there. Um, to me, that's like a key way to start kind of just first off. Um, don't pick something that's super hard to explain if you're not good, right. if you're not amazing at marketing yet, right? Like it might be a super cool invention that you love, but if it's hard to explain that to someone, you know, stick away from that too. I just want to get your thoughts on that. And like, as you're like, because that excludes all the words that don't have keywords for them, you know, like, yeah, those true. will never show up. They will never show up if they're not being searched for. Um, what do you feel about reviews when like evaluating whether a product might be a good idea or not? I know in the past it was like simply like if you had more than the other seller, it was like it felt like reviews was the main difference. Uh, today, yeah. I'm not sure that's the case. What do you so, think? First of all, Amazon changed reviews to ratings. So okay. it's not about reviews only. It's also about the rating. And when you do like a lot of people when they're buying right now, they can just give you stars instead of um giving the, you the full review and that's the case right now it's it's actually much easier for the consumer to read your product without writing the review so in this in this case it's easier answering your question uh is it important yes it is very so and given that only like based on this real statistics only about five six percent of people are leaving your review so imagine you have to do to make at least 100 sales to have to get five reviews. Amazon pretty bad right now at the wine program. Like we launched maybe 35 customers since May. Uh, summarizing all the reviews we got from the products, maybe seven. Not every single product guy got uh, reviews from wine program. And I believe, yeah, those seven products, they just got one review, but didn't get anything else. And I remember when i think amazon launched this wine program like two or three years ago two and a half probably uh this first 30 reviews you've been getting like within a week within mm. two weeks and how it's working because uh influencers are they became lazy because they have so many options to get these products and they also tired to write these reviews they don't need so many products free free products from amazon that because they cannot resell it generally speaking some of them are reselling some of them like this, you can give so many uh gifts to your friends <laughs> so you cannot yeah, 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 yeah. that's why my opinion that's why this fine program is not working anymore that much so yes you have to look at the amount of reviews of your competitors so if you see that next to yourself your potential self that when you'll be on Amazon, uh, some competitors with 15, 20, 50 reviews are exist and they're doing well. Perfect. Look at the niche uh, more carefully and attentively and probably you'll be able to get in. But if the seller with the lowest amount of reviews is like 600, 
and everybody else like at 8,000, 30,000, don't go there. You will not be able to compete because your conversion rate will never get to 600 <laughs> reviews till like before you'll spend, I don't know, a lot of money on a PPC and external traffic and everything else. Great advice. Um, we have like, we have like two minutes to wrap up. We I've pushed Perfect. us past time. We, we took time chatting. Um, we're just going to have to have a part two because um, I'm, su I'm, I'm personally someone that's sourcing and developing my own products now. It's not where I got my start. It's something kind of newer to me. I know how to launch other people's products that are already created and do an amazing job of launching them, but, you know, really defining exactly what um, is this going to be successful or not, or, or, you know, those things are still new to me. So extremely interesting. Um, and we'll have to connect offline as well, but I'd love to have you back on the show for a kind of part two of, of like, course. um, of taking it from uh, kind of the research to then, okay, maybe the testing phase or, or uh, the market research or like the customer avatar and that stage of evaluating a product and what to look for. So until we'll get people coming back, but um, as a way to sign off, just like where can people reach you? Where can people like uh, tune into your podcast? Is it only in Russian? Or do you do no, Russian English? Podcast, I don't do podcasts in Russian. I do podcasts in English. And we're doing Russian subtitles on the video uh, version. Okay, so, forgive me. Yes, I forgot. People who, yeah, people who speak in Russian, they can read. And people who speak in English, they can listen and watch. So they don't have to read. Uh, so, yes, we do both. And um, you can guys find me on LinkedIn, Isabella Reed with a Z and double L. Or just our website, R-I-T-Z, arm, like hand, readsarm.com. And we're happy to help anybody. We're doing the, uh, usually we have free first evaluation. Uh, well, if, if you need to test your ID or you have to ask, you want us to take a look at your product, just uh, fill out the form and we'll be happy to take a look and like on the surface and let you know like if we can help or we cannot help. So we're not charging anything if we cannot help. So uh, we're here for people. <laughs> I love it. Isabella, um... Your story is amazing. Your journey has been amazing. And um, are, are you going to be at the Surge Summit? Yes, Tampa, and I saw or? your in there, and I'm there at the panel. So actually, after okay. this podcast, I'm going to talk to them because we have to discuss some arrangements at 5 p.m. Eastern time, yeah. Awesome. Well, I think this episode is actually going to be going live um, the week of uh, Surge Summit. So Perfect. we're right around the corner. I'm super excited to connect anyone in the area. Um, would love to see you guys there September 6th to the 8th. Um, thank you again for tuning in, Hustlers. You guys are amazing. And, and a shout out again to our sponsor, Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. Uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Yeah, see you. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.